Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. How's it going, Michelle? It's going good. Good. We're drinking delicious drinks. It's gorgeous outside. I'm in a good mood. Yeah. It's all the above. Yes. It's great. Um, so we are drinking, what do you call them, like rainbow... I don't know, rainbow, rainbow delights. Cocktail. Oh, rainbow delights. That's a great, yeah. We'll call it rainbow delight. So we are a little late for Pride Month, I know. so we do apologize. Sorry, for that. everyone. Uh, uh, but so we made you know this what? Drink. What? It's not just June that's Pride Month, Caitlin. <gasps> yeah, it's all year long. Beautiful, Michelle. So, Beautiful. Nailed it. You did nail it. Saved us. <laughs> <laughs> so in these, you should see it on our Instagram and Facebook page. So they're layered as like rainbows are. Yeah. So it's all you got the full spectrum there. What's in it, Michelle? So you start with a little grenadine at the bottom of the glass. Okay. Then you fill the glass up with ice, and then you mix a little coconut rum and pineapple juice, which is always delightful. Yeah. Um, and then so you slowly pour that on top so it sort of layers. And then you top it off with a little blue carousel and water. Mm. So you mix that because, you know, the blue carousel. So fucking potent. Blue, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was Pour like, oh no, another drink with it. That's upsetting. Yeah. But actually, it ended up being good. And so you slowly pour that on top, and then it, of course, the colors mix and the layers and make a delightful rainbow. Beautiful. We Super made one cute. for Nicholas, and mm-hmm. his turned out amazing. Ours turned out all right. I know. He had a better glass, and yeah. ours were just too big. Yeah, we went we went in deep. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we went for the fish bowls and they're yeah. huge. But we hope you had a safe and happy Fourth of July here in North America, since we now have international listeners. Oh, indeed. I know, right? <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. All right. You've got a long one today, I hear. I do have a long one, so I hope you like details, bitches. Because you're getting lots of them. All right, all right. All right. Let's jump in. Whew, here we go. I'm ready. This story is about Mary Stoffer. Mary Stoffer. It is Friday, May 16th, 1980. Ooh, all right. Heading back to the 80s. Mary is 36 years old. And before we jump into that day, I'm going to give you some background about Mary. Okay. So... She went to college in St. Paul at the Bethel College. Mm. She graduated in 1965 and married Irv Stoffer. Okay. She became a ninth grade teacher and taught at Ramsey High School for two years teaching math. I would never. (laughs) Those little assholes. God. Good job, Mary. During these two years, she was getting informed by students that one of them was kind of obsessed with her. Oh. He was a Taiwanese-American who was a good student and played football and wrestling. His name was Ming Sen Sof. Okay. Something like that. Ming Sen Sof? Yeah. He will be referred to as Ming. (laughs) (laughs) I welcome to my story. (laughs) So nothing happened and Mary and Irv went to the Philippines for the first time as missionaries. In the 1967 to 1968 school year. Okay. So they were for a whole year. Wow. After that year, the couple moved to Polk, Nebraska. And Irv worked as a pastor. Okay. They had two kids and they lived there for five years. Okay. They had so a boy and a girl. they settled in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By 1975, the family went back to the Philippines for a four-year stay and started several new churches in the Central Islands. Oh, wow. So they clearly had a very positive experience the Mm, first time that they went. Absolutely. Okay. Ming, during this time, though, was trying to find Mary. Oh, so, okay. So let me get this straight. She Mm -hmm. taught for two years. Yes. Then she left for a year to go to the Philippines and she taught there. Yeah. And then they headed home, but well, moved to Nebraska at this point. Right. She didn't teach there. They were missionaries. So oh. they were doing like church stuff. I see. Okay. So she was, but they were there for a year. Yeah. They came back. They moved to Nebraska. Yes. They lived there for five years. Yes. Now they're off to the Philippines for four years. Yes. All the while. 
Ming, Ming is, is like, where's that hottie teacher? Because yeah, I like Mary. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. He went to Irv Stoffer Sr.'s house thinking Irv and Mary lived there. Like, he thought Irv Sr. was Irv. Oh, I see. But that's his dad. Exactly. Okay. Oh, dear. So, on the 4th of July, Ming held... <gasps> Dang, Caitlin! OMG! Tying it all in. Yeah, you are. <laughs> My God, I just got, like, goosebumps. <laughs> Nicely done. Thank you. Ming held Irv Sr. at gunpoint. Oh, shit! <laughs> No, no, no. It's not so exciting as you think. Oh, my God. Wow, Michelle. So insensitive. insensitive for sure. You judgy bitch. Anyways. Okay, God. So he's holding Irv at gunpoint. I'm sorry, Irv. And he told him to call in his wife, thinking it was Mary. Oh, okay. When his wife came into the room, he quickly realized... It was not Mary. Who's this bitch? Yeah. Why is, where's Mary? So then he tied them up and told them that if they called the cops about this, then he would come back and shoot them. Oh. Of course, they never called the police or even told Mary and Irv about it until they came back from the Philippines in 1979. Okay. So they're off in the Philippines at Mm -hmm. this point. Yeah. Okay. Now, did they figure out why they, did Irv Sr. and his wife realize why they were there? Like, I'm looking for Mary? No. No. Okay. They had no idea. They just thought he was a robber or something. No, he didn't say anything about Mary. He just said, call your wife in. And when she came in, he was like, oh, it's the wrong people. Tie them up and be like, I'm out. I'm out. Threaten. Go. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So... (sighs) Ming found out that the Stoffers moved back during their one-year furlough at, in the Philippines. So they moved back to Arden Hills in Minnesota at the Baptist Missionary Apartments. Okay. And that's when the stalking intensified. Began in earnest. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to say. He would spy on them from the woods around their apartment. Oh, he even tried breaking into their apartment three different times, once by trying to drill holes in the floor beneath Mary's bed. <gasps> he even tried breaking into the patio doors by using a blowtorch. Dang. Yeah. So what was he trying to do to get Mary to like fall through the floor by like drilling <laughs> under the bed? I have no like, idea. Like have the whole bed fall through? Maybe. That sounds dangerous. It does sound dangerous. The family was about to move back to the Philippines, so they started packing crates, and Ming saw that they were starting to pack. Mm. Is he going to pack himself up? No, what? Head off to the Philippines with him. I guess. It feels viable, Caitlin. Mm. Didn't we have someone, like, living in the walls? I don't want to hear it. I don't want to look see your look of disbelief. Okay. Like, why are you asking stupid questions? <laughs> because so, I'm drunk, Caitlin. Okay. Because I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> so now we're going back to May 16th, 1980. Okay. So when I first the started. The main event. Okay. Mary and her eight-year-old daughter, Beth, were at the beauty salon before they head out to their trip to the Philippines. Okay. So they're getting a little cut, you know, feeling yeah. fresh. Cut color, prom, yeah. who knows. So as they were leaving, she was walking and got to her 1973 Ford LTD that the church... Like, provided for them. Oh, Like, because okay. they were working for the church. So, they're like, here's So, they car. got to go to the salon on the church is what no, you're saying? No, I'm just saying they gave him a car. Oh, we're talking about the car, not the salon anyway. I'm yeah. sorry. 1973 oh. Ford LDT, Michelle. I don't even know what that looks like. I'm going to look it up. Continue on. So, okay. So, they get to the car, and then a man appears and has them at gunpoint. He mm-hmm. has thick glasses and looked to be in his 30s. And I bet you know who that was. I'm assuming it's fucking Ming. That's right. He forces them into the car and forces Mary to drive. Okay. It's a pretty big car. I just checked. I just oh, is it? it. Yeah, okay. it's almost like a precursor to the Crown Victoria or something like that. Cool. <laughs> I, I don't know. As they were driving, a police car was behind them at a red light. Uh. But Ming said if they turned the same way the police did, he would shoot Beth. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh, so don't follow him. Or so, okay, wait, wait. So was... if, he, like, if he had a blinker on, like the police officer, and they turned the same way. I see. He's like, don't do it. Go the okay. opposite way. Okay. He had made her pull over 
And at that time, he tied Beth and Mary's hands and also duct taped their mouths shut. Mm, okay. And they put the and put both of them in the trunk, which has ample space, as noted from when I looked up the car. <laughs> Mary states, "I was scared mainly because I just didn't know what was happening. There was nothing in my world that this made any sense." We didn't know who he was or what he wanted. Okay, so she doesn't recognize him mm -hmm. at all. Okay. I mean, it's been years. Yeah, it has been what, like, well, I'm not going to do the math now because I'm a little buzzy. <laughs> it's been like seven years or some shit. So <laughs> Ming drove to a remote area to retrieve his van. So he parked his van and then mm. got Mary and drove her car there. Okay, so this shit's pretty planned out. Oh, yeah. Beforehand. Okay. He placed a spare tire in the trunk with Mary and Beth, like, placed on top of that, on them. Okay. But during that time, two little boys were seeing what was happening, and they came over. One boy stayed at the front of the van, while the other boy went around back and saw that there were two women in the trunk, and he says, whoa. Huh. Ming panics and throws Jason Wilkham into the trunk and slams it <gasps> shut and leaves. Oh, my God. He's like, F this little boy. He's coming too. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Oh. So did they leave the other boy behind? Yes. So he didn't, he probably didn't see him. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mary tried to communicate with him, but he was crying the whole time. He says, oh, oh, this is <laughs> I know. He says he has to get home because he's visiting his grandma this weekend. Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. Continue. It doesn't get any better. So. <laughs> Just prepare yourself. Yeah. Okay. Mary stays. Okay. Ming pulls into Carlos Avery Wildlife Management Area where he took Jason out of the trunk. Mary states, we felt Ming grab Jason and take him out. There was a crowbar next to me. I don't know if it was a crowbar or just a long metal stick. And he went off for a long, long time. Oh. <sighs> He came back and just started the car, and Jason was no longer with us. Oh, God, is he I dead? Know. Is he dead? He oh, took him God. to... I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. That's the right reaction, Michelle. <laughs> My heart is breaking for Jason. He took them to an electronic shop that he owned, and it was called Sound Equipment Services. Hmm. He allowed them to use the restroom and gave them juice before blindfolding them and putting them back into the van. Oh, isn't he considerate? Mm. He can fuck himself. <laughs> he drove them to his family's home nearby Roseville, just six miles from Mary's apartment. Oh, gosh. He put Mary and Beth in his back closet, which was four feet by 21 inches wide. Hmm. That's he not big. No. He shackled and chained them together. He locked the door and removed the doorknob from inside the closet. Mm. So there's no way for them to get out. Mary states, this closet obviously had been prepared for us because there were no clothes hanging on the rod. There were some blankets, a plastic bag on the shelf, a light bulb with a pull chain, a scatter rug, and two small throw pillows on the floor. Oh my God. So while this was all happening, Irv and Steve, which is her son, were waiting for Mary and Beth to get back from the salon. Mm. Irv even called the salon and the hairstylist confirmed that Mary and Beth left at 4.30 p.m. He's like, they should be home yeah. by now, long ago. Exactly. So he told fellow missionary colleagues and they started calling local hospitals. Mm. Irv called the police that night, but they were more worried about the disappearance of Jason. Oh. His friend who reported what he saw. And oh, so his friend saw the whole thing of him getting shoved into the exactly, trunk yep. and all that. Oh, God. But he did, since he was in the front of the van, he did not see Mary and Beth in the trunk. He just saw his friend get picked up and put in the trunk. Oh, so they don't realize this, this is connected. Yep. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. oh. It was not until the next morning that these two cases started to merge. While searching the park that Jason was taken in, they found Mary's license plates. Oh. About 300 officers and volunteers began to search. 300, wow. Mm -hmm. Of course, Irv was a suspect and no, spent a long time answering questions. He did pass a lie detector test, but you know lie detector tests can easily be 
That's another thing. No, my uncle totally knows how to beat them. He right? used to give them all the time, and so mm-hmm. he knows. He yeah. knows how to fix them. Cheat the if system. You will. Yeah. The news outlets were not helping the situation because they were putting the photo of Irv right next to a drawing of the suspect that the boy's description gave. And they kind of looked alike. Oh, dear. So they had a flood of people calling in saying that Irv was the person who took Beth and Barry. Oh, my God. Poor Irv. I know. You know he went through the fucking ringer. Mm-hmm. He's like, did I take them? I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> so... This is now day two of Beth and Mary being kidnapped. Oh, gosh. Ming brought Mary out of the closet, spread out a blanket on the living room floor, blindfolded her, and tied her to a piece of furniture. He then recorded a three-hour interview with her, and he slowly revealed who he was. Oh, wow. He asked if he remembered a student who developed a formula for an algebra problem in her class. Oh, good lord. She knew exactly who he was after that. Because she's like, this kid is fucking crazy. (laughs) And yeah, now I remember the crazy weird kid. Yeah, pretty much. He went on to say that she ruined his life when she gave him a B in one of her classes, which ruined his spotless record and could not get any scholarships because of it. You know what you do, Ming? You study a little fucking harder and maybe get a little better at math. That's yeah, all I'm exactly. saying. You and your stupid algebra equation that you fucking made. You can fuck yourself, Ming. I'm sorry. He said he was drafted into the Vietnam War and ended up in a POW camp. Who the fuck wasn't drafted in the war? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm all pissed off. But this was, of course, not true. Oh, oh. <laughs> Sorry. Already done with me forever. But he needed to make a plausible story that would make Mary feel some regret about how badly she treated him. By giving him a B? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure she feels like shit. I'm so annoyed. (laughs) Sorry. He actually was first in his class and could have gotten a scholarship at any college he wanted. He reportedly went to University of Minnesota and started that company, or started that business, that electronic company. Is any of this true, besides the business? What do you mean Like, did he actually get good grades and stuff, except for this one B? Oh, I don't know. He even wrote several short stories about women who begged for his sexual favors from him, and among these women, Mary was listed. Oh. Mary asked what he was going to do for revenge, and he started taking off her clothes. Oh, no. He said, I think you can guess. I don't want your scars to be physical. I want them to be emotional. I want you to feel dirty, debased, and degraded. Damn, right? Damn, (laughs) he's correct. Shit. Oh, dear. He then videotaped at least six hours of rape (gasps) sessions. Oh, Mary, I'm sorry. They would have been longer, but he had to return the video camera that he loaned. I know. Right? <laughs> oh my God. What the fuck? Uh, Let's take a break from all of this horrible shit I'm doing so I can return the video camera yeah. I borrowed. But the rapes did continue daily, oh, even not recorded. I'm sorry, Mary. She stated, this was happening to my physical body, not my soul. Mm, so she for went, you. Yeah, she kept a steady head. Like, what's it called? Uh, I don't know, an optimistic heart. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) She was worried that he would turn his attention to Beth, Mm. but he said he was not a child molester. Oh, good. Well, you know. (laughs) Good job, man. Just kidnapping and rape. That's where he cuts it off at. Oh, my God. That's like a prick. He wanted her to be more loving towards him, and she was like, no, I love my husband. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) yourself, man. Like, no. (laughs) Nah, Ming, I'm not into you at all. Exactly. But then Ming got a giant plastic bag and put Beth inside of it, her <gasps> whole body, and then closed it shut. She's like, no, I was just kidding the whole time. You're wildly hot. She told Mary that she had four to five minutes of air left before oh. she suffocated and died. Fuck you. I know, right? God. Mary kissed him on the cheek, was not good enough, so she gave him a peck on the lips, and that was enough to have Beth taken out of the bag. Ugh. Ming still went to work and would take Beth with him and put her in a box in the van. (gasps) Luckily, she did not die during those hot summer days. Oh, my God. 
both of them did not flee because if one escaped, then the other would die. Yeah, I mean, I would never leave, Mm -hmm. like... Someone behind. By this time, though, Ming's rules started to relax a bit. Okay, so he's getting more comfortable, mm-hmm. you know. He's thinking Mary might actually be into him, mm-hmm. but she's not. Ten days after the kidnapping, Mary and Beth got to shower for the first time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He even got Beth a TV and some board games, and even started to call her Bethy when they ate dinner together. <sighs> Ming can fuck himself. <laughs> That I'd be like, you can't call her Bethy. I'll <laughs> right. slap your face. Ming made Mary write two letters to the police. One saying that she was ni- was not kidnapped and just went away on her own. Mm. Then the other letter said that they need to stop the investigation or she will never be seen again. Oh, dear. So they're kind of little this guy, contradictory. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking exactly. for. Contradictory to each other. After four and a half weeks of being kidnapped... Mm. Ming wanted to go on a road trip in a motorhome to a job fair in Chicago. He thought it'd be fun if they all went together. So is he just completely fucking in his own world? That's yeah. what it sounds like. He's treating him like they're like a family, like a happy, like Beth is his daughter. I didn't actually his... kidnap you and yeah. rape you for days and days or weeks on end. Yep. Because he even took Mary to a local mall to get new clothes for her and Beth since they were in the same clothes that they were kidnapped in. This is like a twisted version of Pretty Woman. Like, <laughs> I guess oh, so. look at all these clothes. As uh, long fuck as you, Ming. Sorry. As long as Ming, Ming had Beth, Mary would do whatever he wanted yeah, to do. Yeah, makes sense. Oh. Mary and Beth tried several times to escape. Mary even used a traveler's check from her purse while shopping, hoping that would notify the FBI or the authorities. Yeah, like, she just cashed a check. Holy shit. Irv saw the bank transaction and immediately notified the FBI, but the FBI were not notified when the check cleared. So I guess nothing came of that. What? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I will hold my rage until the end. Beth tried to yell at some teenagers when she was left alone in the Winnebago, like, while they were go shopping, she was in the Winnebago, and she yelled at some teenagers, and she's like, I'm kidnapped, can you please help? The teenagers thought that she was lying and playing a trick, like, a trick on them, and they just Mm. left. Mary took a Bible from a hotel room that they stayed at, and they read it daily. Do you think those teenagers think about that often i bet they do i would i bet I would. they would totally especially if they realize later that in fact she was kidnapped yeah oh my gosh yeah. i would feel so awful i would too like awful. probably for the rest of my life i would feel bad about that mm-hmm. not to put any you know hardship on some teenagers i know right <laughs> you could have done better i'm just you kidding oh my god felt like kidding. shit for the rest of your life <laughs> So it was Beth who actually said that they need to pretend to be nice to Ming. Mm. Like, let's just play into this so he's more relaxed, you know? Yeah. He's already starting to, you know. So Ming took both of them to Como Park on the 4th of July. Oh my goodness, party! (laughs) Where they went to a restaurant to eat dinner and also to the University of Minnesota so they can watch the fireworks. Oh. Yeah, Ming is in his own world. Oh, my gosh. Mary says he always had a gun on him, so they didn't flee because mm. they were afraid that he would Maybe shoot Beth or herself, of yeah. July 7th, Ming goes to work, but attached the cable connecting Mary and Beth through the top hinge of the closet door and looped it through, allowing them to move around the bedroom. Oh, so they're essentially on, like, a dog chain. Yes. Kind of situation. Exactly. Okay. Mary remembered how her father used to take hinge pins out of doors at home. I totally thought of that earlier. So Mary tried to force the pin up and it lifted like nothing. Like it was pop. Just a perfectly balanced door. Exactly. (laughs) Mary put the door back afraid that Ming was, was still in the house. Oh, okay. And then Beth was very... Afraid. I mean, she's eight years old. She's like, put it back. He's going to find us. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Mary actually had to give her a little smack on the face to be like, pay attention. Like, this is the, like, yeah. this is the time to 
She said, I mean, it wasn't hard, but, like, she needed to get no, back I'm into... No, I'm sure she was, like, almost in shock from yeah. pure fear and yeah. panic. I exactly. mean, oh my gosh. So she's like, you need to focus. This is how we're going to escape. So she's like, just wait and listen. And they heard silence. Oh, God. Oh, God. So Mary pulled the hinge pin out and they got their cables free. Okay, okay. So I think I misunderstood. So they pulled it out. They saw that they could. Yes. They put it back in in case he was there. Uh Uh-huh. They got really quiet. They listened, determined he wasn't there, pulled it out, and... Got out. Okay, okay. Correct. No, no, it's all right. So she grabbed Beth's hand and said, let's go. She called the police from inside the house, and they immediately asked if Jason was with them. (gasps) And... And then she knew that Jason was did not make it. No, I'm sure not. When they stopped, mm-hmm. I didn't have a good feeling for poor little Jason. She states, that was worse than the rapes or initial kidnapping. Oh. I had a six-year-old son, friendly, just like Jason. I could picture it happening to him, and I thought about Jason's parents and prayed. It was devastating for me. Well, and I would imagine, I mean, being locked in a trunk together, even for a short time, it's such an intense emotional, yeah, yeah, an intense situation that they probably created a bond Mm -hmm. that, you know, yeah, absolutely, would have lasted forever should they all have lived. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Fucking man. So they hid behind a car wrapped in plastic until the police arrived. The FBI... What? Ra- a car wrapped in plastic? Yeah, I guess it was just, like, outside the family house, I guess. Oh, weird. So they were just waiting outside, hiding from if Ming came back. Oh. It was wrapped in plastic. Mm. Okay. Um, the FBI raided Ming's store and arrested him. Good. Mary and Beth were reunited with their family. A few days after being in jail, though, Ming contracted his cellmate, Richard Green, who was being released, to murder Mary and Beth so they could not testify in court. What? He mailed him $1,000 and promised $50,000 more after the deed was done. Okay, so you're going to take a murder job on mm-hmm. with a $1,000 deposit? Nah, man, you take half, at least. <laughs> Come on. Michelle would know. <laughs> Fucking think, people. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Don't take murder <laughs> contracts. But the FBI quickly caught on to this and interviewed Richard, which he admitted after the second interview... Since the FBI was watching Ming's finances. So they saw him give the $1,000 to Richard Green, who just got out of jail. So they're like, that's a red flag. Ding, ding, ding. Mm -hmm. Something's going on. Yep. Before the trial, Mary had to watch the tapes and put them in order. She had to watch her own rape tapes? Yeah. Mm -hmm. She had to put them in, like, sequent order to see which day, what, you know. Oh, my God. And then she had to watch them again to interpret the transcript. Oh, fuck. Of, like, what they were saying mm-hmm. during... Oh, my God. But, unfortunately, I mean, the only thing they played at the court was a three-hour interview, which she was not raped at. So they didn't show the rape tapes? No. They didn't. Why is that, Caitlin? Do, <laughs> do you know? I do not know, no. Maybe that was just enough. But, I mean... Oh, okay, well, let's I, let you finish the story okay. before I get completely... I swear to God, my rage is up to here, Caitlin. <laughs> I can ruin your computer in one second. As Mary walked to the witness stand, Ming lunges at her. What? Mm-hmm. Ooh, drama in the court. Yeah. He was quickly tackled to the ground. The trial went on for 10 days, and he was found guilty of kidnapping and was sentenced to life in prison with no parole for 30 years. Ming said that he was the one to kill Jason and said he would not tell him where the body was unless they gave him a deal. Oh. So they said they would not charge him for first-degree murder if they could show him where Jason's body was. Mm. So... That happened, and so he had to go to trial for Jason's murder. Good. But then Mary had to testify again. Oh, my God. So Mary has just been through the fucking ringer mm-hmm. over and over and over. Ugh. They didn't learn because as she was walking to the witness stand, Ming smuggled a knife in and again lunged at Mary. Oh, my God. Did he stab her? He grabbed her by the neck and held a knife to her throat and said, get back or I'll kill her. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's like drama all over. (laughs) I think you just watched 
waiting to testify, rushed in and grabbed Mary. During this struggle, though, she got cut during the rescue, and she got cut from her chin to the corner of her mouth. Oh, my god! And gosh. she needed 62 stitches <gasps> to close the gap. I hope... Okay. <laughs> she... We're almost done. Okay. I like, <laughs> can't handle anymore. No. I hope the judge fucking saw that and was like, you know what? We're going to take your last one, and we're just going to pop a few more years yeah. on that. At 30 more. Yeah. She states, maybe the idea was, if I can't have her, then nobody can have her. Ming was sent... He is crazy. Yeah. Ming was sentenced to 40 years for the kidnapping and second-degree murder and to be served congruently with the other sentence. Okay, so now he has 70 years is what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. He doesn't, like, serve 30 here and 30 here. No. So he's out in 30. Right. Okay. Right. Good. Mary and Beth were kidnapped for a total of 53 days. <gasps> That's a long time. Mm-hmm. Oh so, my goodness. Mary and Beth now live in the same Hermanton Town house where Mary grew up in. Hmm. In 2019, there was a Lifetime film that aired called Abducted, the Mary Stoffer story. And that's where Beth and even Mary went on lo- on different news channels to talk about the film. Oh. So they were doing interviews and they just wanted to make sure that he would never get out of prison. I hope so, because I was like, 30 years is up already. I mean, that's 10 years ago. He did have an appeal, but it was denied. Good. He still had, he was still seen as a danger to the community. Yeah. And Beth and Mary were still feared, like, he would retaliate if he got out. The second he gets out. Absolutely. If he's still alive, pray to God he's not. Um, He'll go immediately after Mary again. Mm -hmm. You know he would. Yeah, you know he would. I mean, clearly he's got some crazy weird wildly upsetting obsession with her it's just weird like i don't understand like something just oh that b you know what straight a kids you gotta watch out for them i guess i've seen the breakfast club (laughs) but yeah so they're like they're doing good they're happy healthy they even got you know they're not in the film it's a film about them so it's different actors playing them and such what a fucking nightmare. Nightmare. My God. And it's just like, we're just like, oh, I taught two years in high school and one student was just obsessed and like was still after her after like five or six years. It's crazy. Thank God I didn't get into teaching. <laughs> <laughs> right? No, that was totally my plan. I was oh, going to yeah. get my degree and then get my master's in teaching. My mom was an English teacher and I was oh. like, I could fucking do that. I worked in daycares my whole childhood yeah. slash teenagers. And then I realized, nah, that shit is not for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you never know. It could be anyone. It's just so weird. Like, you can do a smile, like a, a friendly smile to someone on the side of the street or And it in just a store. something like clicks in their head. And yeah. it's like, that is That's person my new wife. With. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking weird, dude. No. But you should check out the, the movie. It's on Lifetime. Indeed. It's from 2019. So it's can recent. Can you, like, link it to. <sighs> Our website at all? Is that possible? I don't know because you have to pay for that shit. Oh, yeah, probably not then. Yeah. We can put the title up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, Michelle. No, no. It's, uh... That was a fucking crazy story. Right? Oh, Mary. God damn it, Mary. I'm glad that more or not very much harm came to Beth. I mean, yes, I'm sure lots yeah. of harm came to her, but it sounds like she wasn't really. You know, I or think Mary survived because of Beth because she had to stay strong for her yeah so I think I think I think that is a huge thing as we'll learn from my story as well oh good segue yes indeed um that when you do have that partner Mm -hmm. it's like it sort of brings on a responsibility that's like you can't let them die yeah you know and they're feeling the same thing about you and it does make you stronger that's like I never used to stand up for myself, but I would always stand up for other people. Mm. You know, it's like, I'm not going to, yeah. I'll get treated like shit, but I'm not going to tolerate other people getting treated like shit. Right. I'm, of, yeah, I can see that. I'm the same. Yeah. yeah. I can see that. Mm. Indeed. <sighs> so just know if something ever happens to you and I, I'm sticking with you to the end. The same. <laughs> You're like, bitch, I'm out. <laughs> I'm taking a baseball bat. <laughs> I'm swinging my way out of here. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> You're slower than me. I, all I gotta do is be faster than you. Oh no! 
Is that what's happening? No. Of course A not. little bit, but. <laughs> all right, okay. all right. So, this actually also took place in July. Oh, So, that's okay. part of the reason. And also, I've been dreaming of Hawaii. <laughs> so, that is the other reason for this story. Okay. Oh, we were in Hawaii last year, and it was amazing. I'm doing all this old accounting, so I'm coming across all the transactions, all the money we fucking spent while we were there. Sounds about right. There was a lot of shaved ice bought in... Sounds good. It's like shaved ice place, shaved ice place, shaved ice place. It sounds refreshing. It is. Well, and I've been craving it. Like, seriously, I've been thinking about Hawaii for, I don't even, probably about a month. So, like, on our honeymoon, you're just going to pop in be like, hey, guys. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, I brought shaved ice. <laughs> oh. No, I actually went over to the yard to mm-hmm. the food trucks, and they had one that had shaved ice there. Oh. And I was like, yes. But it was like snow cone ice. It oh. wasn't shaved ice. It wasn't the same. It's different. Okay. It was different. I was, it was still good and I ate the whole fucking thing, but I was disappointed. <laughs> okay. Because it was no goddamn Hawaiian shaved ice. All right. Oh, all right. Okay. So yes, we're taking this to Hawaii all right. is where this takes place. Okay, so this is a story about Dave McMahon. I think that's how you say his name. That sounds right. Um, and Sydney Iomoto. Okay. Hopefully I say that right. That or Yuimoto or Yumoto. <sighs> I apologize, Sydney, mm-hmm. as I will call her from now on. <laughs> Sydney and Dave, this is what the story is about. Okay, so they are two fairly new pilots. So Dave is 26 and Sydney is 23. Like commercial flight person? Um, or you know, it doesn't actually say, oh, okay. but I think yes. Yeah. They're, um, they're working their way up to this. So this is July 16th, 2016. And uh, Sydney is wanting to fly this Piper Apache plane. It's a twin engine plane. I'm okay. Not, I think it's a fairly small plane. Oh, okay. Um, so it's not like a big. You know. Like a two-seater or something. It's more than that. It's okay. probably like a 20-seater oh, or something like that. Okay. I probably should look it up. But in this case, it's just her. Uh-huh. Um, and she had another co-pilot, but he sort of backed out at the last time. Oh. And so she was actually going to see her father for his birthday. And so Dave sort of stepped in to be her co-pilot. Oh, okay. Because they both needed hours. Uh, flight hours oh, okay. to sort of move up the ranks, if you will. So this is the first time they've ever met. And oh. so they decide to take, well, they don't decide. They're um, going from Oahu to the Big Island, Hawaii. Okay. Which is a two-hour flight. Oh, that's not bad. You know, it's just the two of them because it's sort of like, not a test flight, but, you know, it's just... Practice. A practice. Thank you. A practice test. <laughs> practice, practice test. No, practice flight. Good God. So these two strangers take off Mm -hmm. and they're flying and everything has been, for the last couple hours, been pretty uneventful. Okay. And they're flying at around 3,000 feet and they, um, actually, excuse me, they're flying around 4,500 feet up in the air when they start to hear the motor kind of, yeah, (laughs) sort of strain and rattle Uh and it's making noises it shouldn't make. So they're like, oh, that's no good. So they bring it down to 3,000 feet, and they keep flying, and the sound gets better. So Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, okay, this is okay. But then the engines go quiet. So the engines have turned off fucking completely. First, the right engine went, and then very soon after, the left engine goes out. Oh, my God. And so they're sitting up there kind of looking at each other like... Oh, shit. We yeah. got to figure out what the fuck to do. Because it's clear that they may crash yeah. into the ocean. So they start going through all of their emergency, you know, protocol that they need to go through. So they're turning on fuel pumps. They're pushing the throttle to full, which apparently can restart the engines oh. sometimes. But nothing worked. Oh. Yeah. So following his emergency training, uh, Dave handed off the controls to Sydney and then she he went and to open up one of the doors. Okay. Because if they had crashed into the ocean with all the doors shut, uh-huh. they would have just been sealed in. 
<gasps> like you can't get the doors open once you're submerged, right. you know. I heard you have to wait till the pressure equalizes and then you can open the door. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so you have to wait for it to fully fill, fill with water. Up, and then yep, it matches the the force and oh. you can open the door. So if you get if you drive into a lake, Michelle, you just gotta stay calm, wait yeah. for it to fill, and then you can open the doors. Okay. Okay. Mythbusters. Yeah, good to know. <laughs> good to know. Well, they open the door beforehand, beforehand. which would yeah probably be good yeah. too. Yeah. So they were worried about a crash landing, and of course they always talk about crash landings in landing oh, into the ocean, uh-huh. but you know they don't actually get to practice that. practice <laughs> crashing a plane into the ocean. Right. So all the while. They're losing altitude, and Sydney is calling in, you know, and just like, we're going down, we're going to crash, we're like 25 miles or so off of Kona, uh-huh. which I'm not fully sure where that is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming is it's that where they're supposed to be? I think that's where oh, they okay. were intended to go. She grips the controls, and she's trying to sort of maneuver the plane up, because she knows she needs to make a, as flat as possible landing okay. into the ocean, because... If she goes nose first, you know, it'll just be too much of an impact and they'll probably be killed right away. If she, t- if she goes down with one of the, the, what the fuck is wrong with me today? I can't even think. One of the wings, yes. there it is. Wings is the word I was looking for. If she, if one of the wings is sort of not balanced and one hits the ocean first, it'll sort of start this cartwheeling thing that'll oh. just tear the whole plane That's apart. Not good. Yeah. So she just really had to hang on to those controls, keep the tip up, mm-hmm. and just you know kind of make their way down. So she was not prepared for the impact, <gasps> and so they hit the ocean, and she immediately just crashes forward and <gasps> breaks her nose oh, on gosh. the controls. And so, and Dave is in the back and just trying to sort of talk her through the whole thing. Uh-huh. And he actually hits, he does better okay. when they hit. So he's telling her the whole time, or she's telling herself the whole time, just land like you're touching on ground. Don't uh-huh. worry that it's the ocean. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know. So Dave was thrown violently forward. It was as if they had been rear-ended by a tractor trailer. Wow. So the impact was pretty hard. So in a daze, Dave opened his eyes and he's got his bearings and he sort of realized miraculously that they were okay. Oh. Or he was okay. You right. Know? And he sees poor Sydney up there and she's just gushing blood. Right. And is in sort of a state of shock. I bet. At this point. <laughs> yeah. God, no doubt. And uh, Dave can just feel the the water now rushing into the plane. So they had to get out fast. Yeah. So he helped unbuckle her seat and climbed out onto the wing. He brought her. And she's like, I don't want to go. What about the sharks? I'm oh, bleeding girl. all over the fucking place. That's not where I would have thought. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean and he's wow. like... You don't think about it. We just, we got to get out of here. You know, otherwise you're going to sink in it. Yeah. And probably still be eaten by the sharks. So they make their way out and they, as Sydney is kind of coming back to where the door is, she grabs a couple of life preservers on her way. Oh, smart. Like the emergency ones that you pull the cord and they, you know, they always tell you about in Mm -hmm. the beginning of all plane rides. They sort of jump out into the ocean and within seconds the plane is below the Wow. It, underneath the ocean yeah. now. So it's gone, and what it says is the ocean had erased all signs of human life, except for the two small figures bobbing in the vastness of the Pacific. Gosh, how terrifying. <laughs> no, I mean, is. I guess I would want to land in the ocean, because I feel like you have a better survival rate, I, I think guess, you than do. hitting the, like, the hard earth, I guess. But then you're just bobbing in the sea that you have no, like, what's underneath of you? You don't know. Yeah, and they are miles. Um, I think I... You said 25. Out. Yeah, they're... Yeah. 25 miles of yeah. away from any land. land. Thank you. Apparently I don't know fucking words today. <laughs> so, Dave felt sort of this odd sense of calm. Oh. Which was really good. So he pulled the tab on his life uh, preserver and the seal holding the CO2 CO2 cartridge, which Uh inflates the whole thing, fell off. Oh. So now he's got this big hole 
in oh his life gosh. preserver. Okay. So, but he wasn't worried because he had grown up in Hawaii. He grew up in the ocean swimming. So he just really relied on his own, you know, his Skill. own skills. God, I don't know what my problem is. I'm sorry, Caitlin. We're just like connected. We just I know each you're other reading my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, finish each other's sandwiches. <laughs> so what he did know, though, is that him and Sydney had done the impossible already. Is right. They had already survived this pretty bad plane crash. Mm-hmm. And so now all they had to do is stay put because the, car- the Coast Guard, they had been calling in the whole time. So they should know where they are. And so they just had to stay put and have the Coast Guard come rescue them. Right. So, whole this whole time right now, uh-huh. poor Sydney is a fucking wreck. I bet. So, she's crying. She's terrified. Bleeding. She's bleeding all over the place. Poor thing. And so, Dave just has the, you know, kind of wherewithal to, you know, calm her down. Mm-hmm. Like, tell me about your family. Tell me about your siblings. You know, and just really talked her out of the panic. So, she started out, you know, it's like, when is the Coast Guard going to get here? And Dave was like, they're they're coming. Mm-hmm. You know, we just need to float here. So, a uh, couple hours um, go by, and then Dave's prediction comes true, and they see the Coast Guard go over oh, top. Shit. But the Coast Guard, unfortunately, does not see them. What? Yeah, they, they're doing everything they can yeah. to sort of, you know, I'm sure making lots of you know flashing and all kinds of stuff and they just go over without any sort of sign of recognition so they um salvation had arrived and then disappeared just as quickly oh my god so over the next several hours plane after plane goes by without seeing them Oh my god. So they just keep circling, they keep chewing everything they can to be seen, yeah. and then they're just not seen. And so Isn't um, like these life vests like bright yellow? Yeah, I mean I guess they must have been pretty high and it's oh, just right. two people. Maybe they were That's looking true. for a plane oh, or maybe they were, you know. Okay. It's just these two people in the fucking middle of the ocean with mm. nothing around them. So now the sun is going down. No. And Dave is now beginning to kind of, his calm is beginning to crack a little bit. So he was like, oh my God, we're going to have to spend the night in the water. And that Uh, is fucking terrifying. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, and then they felt the sort of, the waves were moving them in a south, southwest direction. Okay. Which is away from Hawaii. And the only thing south of Hawaii is Antarctica, which oh is 4,500 miles away. So they sort of come to the realization that they need to start swimming. Yeah. You know, because otherwise they're just going to... See, I wouldn't even know that. Like, oh, just follow the current. But Yeah, no. I mean... Fortunately, they could see land. Okay. Um, oh, okay. I think they could. But they knew what direction they needed to go. Right, okay. Yeah, they knew they were going in the opposite direction. And that was a much longer journey. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so they could just make out the outlines of the volcanoes oh, on the I island. See. So they started to swim against the current and head towards the volcanoes. By 10 o'clock that night, Sydney's legs began to cramp. I bet. So she just propelled herself forward with her arms and let her legs drag behind her. But Dave who did not have an inflated life vest, oh, shit, yeah. was doing a little bit worse. Yeah. So he was just, they had been in the water for more than eight hours at this point, and he was just exhausted from keeping himself yeah. up. So his body was cramping up, and he was shivering uncontrollably because now it's nighttime, <gasps> oh, and there's no. breeze, and they're wet, of course. So what they ended up doing is sort of... Sydney took over. Oh, like, wow. And sort of became the strong one. Uh-huh. And Dave needed her help now. Yeah. And so what she ended up doing is she swam forward and then Dave just held onto her legs. Oh, okay. So, because he can't do anything at this yeah. point. I mean, he's just like one big cramped muscle. He rested his head on the back of her legs while she swam forward. And so she moved her leg or moved her arms and he sort of moved his legs behind okay. her. Okay. Aww. 
And then, but unfortunately, the way they were doing it, he was going to drown. I mean, he just couldn't keep himself up anymore. And because uh-huh. he had, he just didn't have the buoyancy. Oh, no. So he was like, Sydney, I need to stop. So they sort of unhooked each other. And she sort of began to examine his life, um, uh-huh. his life preserver a little bit more and found a backup CO2. <gasps> so it, I guess there's, you know, the main one and uh-huh. then there's a second one that you can use. And so <laughs> he pulled that and it caused the vest to fill up halfway with air and then immediately started to leak. No! <laughs> so, and then the second CO2 cartridge fell off. And so, oh. but he essentially just stuck his fingers in the hole and yeah. blocked the air from coming out. Okay. And so he at least had it's some relief. Yeah, half of it. Okay. And then they found the air tube, you know, the one they're like, you can inflate Blow, yeah. manually. So they, all of his exhalations were just blowing into the vest to keep himself afloat. So, and she was like, just hang on and I'll continue swimming. Okay. So. She swam for hour after hour. Oh, my God. She had a feeling of tranquility come over her, and she just plowed along. And what she had realized kind of at this point is they were, like, completely strangers when this started. But now they're, like, even beyond friendship. Right. You know, like, these two are going to be connected for the rest of their lives from this experience. She was just so thankful that she had another person there. Because if all this had happened when she was alone... She figures, either one of them both figure that they'd probably be dead. It was having that other person there that helped keep them motivated and moving forward. Mm -hmm. So every now and again, she'd be like, hey, Dave, how are you doing? Yeah. Like, I'm good. All right. And then they just kept on going. They had been swimming for some time now. And with Dave clinging onto her legs and she's moving with her arms when all of a sudden she felt a stab of pain. (gasps) And she was like, and she looks down and she had swam into a school of jellyfish. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <You> know, <gasps> she saw something white and silky clinging to her forearm, a Hawaiian box jellyfish. Oh shit. Those are really poisonous, aren't they? They sure are. Oh my gosh. So, within seconds, the animal toxins can cause nausea, loss of consciousness, Muscle problems and difficulty breathing. Oh, my gosh. So, and now in her weakened state, she was plowing through a swarm of them. So there was just all around. So moments after the first sting, she felt the venom work through her body. Uh, She felt her heart sort of like it was beating uh, more slowly. And she was gasping for air as her muscles were seizing up. Fuck you, jellyfish. And then she was unconscious. (gasps) What? (laughs) Yeah. Just... Down and out. Uh, so David's okay. like, Sydney, Sydney, wake up, wake up. And fucking nothing. He didn't get stung? No. Fortunately, he didn't get stung. So she was out cold and her whole body was trembling. So he just held on to her and kept her head above water. Oh, actually, no. I said trading for water and ignoring his couple of stings. So he oh, got okay. stung as well. Wow. Um, but it didn't affect him, affect him the okay. same. So she um, sort of eventually awoke again. Okay. And she was like, I think maybe we should take a break. (laughs) You know, fuck those little, (laughs) I'm not hanging out with those jellyfish anymore. Yeah. But I think the actual quote probably was, is like, I'm not hanging out with those motherfucking jellyfish any fucking longer. Yeah, absolutely. That's probably what it was. And Dave was like, well, we got to keep a move on. So he hooked himself back onto her legs and she found the strength to keep on really? moving forward. Oh yeah. my gosh. I know. Good for her, man. They took a little break and, you know, and then just She's was like, able I to keep I'm going. I think I'm going to survive and yeah. shit. Fucking Sydney. Crazy. So when the sun rose on July 15th, a beautiful sight greeted the two pilots. The island of Hawaii, <gasps> green and Yay. majestic. And closer than they had ever dared to dream. Despite the jellyfish and the exhaustion, they had made remarkable progress overnight. Okay. Throughout the morning, cute little black fish schooled uh, beneath them and sort of swimming along with them. So they felt like they had these companions to take them up to shore. But then all of a sudden the black fish were gone. Oh. And Uh. they had been frightened off by something. And Sydney saw up ahead what they had been frightened off about or frightened of yeah. i don't know you got it 
Dave saw it uh, as well. It was um, a shark. About three, um, about nine feet underneath Oh them. my god. And they were like, what the fuck do we yeah. do now? What? You know, fortunately, I'm sure Sydney's nose has stopped bleeding right. at this point. But <laughs> still. And Dave was like, just move forward. Just keep swimming. But try not to make a lot of splashing. So that shark circled under them for 30 minutes. <gasps> And then it went away, uh-huh. and then a half an hour later, it came back with, like... A gang of sharks? Yeah, no, I don't... The shark came back and then continued to circle underneath them. Okay. So, Sydney was like, what are we going to do if the shark gets close? And yeah. Dave was like, I'm going to fucking punch it right in the eye. Right? I said I'm going to kick it in the eye, but I added the flourishes. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's probably what he actually said. Yeah. I'm going to kick it in his motherfucking face. <laughs> so, um, and then just as quietly as it appeared, the sharks swam off. And Sydney and Dave were alone once more. So now they were just under 10 miles away from the oh, shore. So, so, so they far. had swam like 15 miles that's in the crazy. night. I couldn't imagine. No. Oh, my God. So now at this point... They're feeling, I think, a little bit better. Uh-huh. They made a pact. They would be home by sunset, and they were like, where do you want to go to eat tonight, you know, and stuff. Yeah. And they're like, let's get McDonald's. And, you uh-huh. know, so they were kind of joking that, around with each yeah. other because that's not what I would get. That's her, yeah, food of choice is McDonald's. <laughs> Hard know. pass. A few minutes before noon that next day, they saw a familiar shape of a helicopter, and it sort of whizzed by them, and they were waving and then it took off again. <gasps> oh my god. Then so they were still swimming and now it's been like 20 hours. Mm-hmm. And so Sydney is just done. She like cannot swim yeah, anymore. I... And you know, at this point they're like maybe we should just give up. Yeah. <laughs> like you're so close. I know. And, and then they heard the whir of the helicopter uh-huh. again. And she was like this time, it's fucking coming for yeah. us. You know, I doubt she dropped the F-bomb. But, well, maybe she did. Yeah, I like know. to think she did. And so they started waving again. And this time, the helicopter sort of banked around and, Yay! like, acknowledged that they were there. So, of course, they both burst into tears. And they were hugging in the water. And they were like, this is, this is for us. Oh, my God. So, oh, this is what they said. You know, from not knowing you at all, you kind of surpassed all levels of friendship. Oh, that's so sweet. Later, after the rescuers had fed Dave every last sandwich on the helicopter and the doctors had tended to uh, Sydney's broken nose, jellyfish, and jellyfish stings, finally able to wish her father a happy birthday, which was the whole point all along. She was flying there just to see her dad for his birthday. Uh, And actually, the two pilots uh, remain close to this day, and they just remember crashing together, and within 30 minutes, they were essentially far beyond friends. Right. And uh, stay close to... Yeah, and it's Aww. a story that they will tell their children and grandchildren about. That's so sweet. That's crazy. They crashed into the water. They got, you know, abandoned. Uh, I don't even know. My story is, like, all over the fucking place today. No, I, I can't understand. remember words. Ah! Words are hard. <laughs> <laughs> that felt overly nice for me. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my. I couldn't. I mean... I think the open ocean is just kind of terrifying in yeah. its own sense. So No shit. It's, just be it, bobbing in it. And at night. Oh, my fucking God. Especially with just half a life vest or not even a life vest. Like, I know. I would almost have been relieved to have him hanging on to my legs. Right. You know, because then it's like not my legs dangling right. out into the open water. That's true. Oh. But yeah, being stung and being unconscious and then wake up being like, okay, let's continue on. Like, I'd be like, <laughs> I, I can't, man. Like, I am. We're done here. Spend. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, the jellyfish, like, that shit scares me. Yeah. Oh, uh, getting stung by a jellyfish. I mean, they're so noise. small, too. Yeah. Well, so, and I don't know how big these ones well, were. Well, I think that's what the box jellyfish are, are really yeah. small. Are they? Let's take a look. Ooh, can a box fish jelly kill you? Looks like yes. They measure up to eight inches long. Oh, F that noise. The whole thing is terrifying. Oh, wait, Shake. but the tentacles can grow up to ten feet. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. 
Shell's officially wow. not invited. Well, I guess I would. I mean, it's better than like the that ocean and the ocean we have here. Yeah, no, I mean, I imagine it was pretty cold, 25 miles off. Right. But it's not like the ocean up here where it's yeah. probably 30 degrees or some shit. Yeah. Maybe 40, I don't know how. Gross. I bet it was closer to 60 or 7. Yeah. 60 or 70. Well, Sorry. Needs a nap. Oh, I so. do need a nap. Well, that was a great story. Your story was awesome. Mary fucking persevered. My gosh, both of them, man. Yeah, Mary I mean, and I Beth. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about your two as well. Like, holy yeah. shit. Sydney and Dave Ugh. bonded for life. Seriously. Ugh, I couldn't imagine. All right. Well, uh, we hope you had a safe and fun 4th of July. And we hope you celebrated Pride Month. And check out our Rainbow Delight drinks. Indeed, that our, we just named just, you know. Just, yeah, today. <laughs> So you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now. You can even email us if you'd like. It's at I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now at gmail.com. And check out our website, I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now.com. Like, so, we can't even handle it anymore. I know. It's too long. <laughs> it's too long. So, too bad. So we hope you enjoyed this episode and we hope to see you in the next one. Thank you. Hawaii. Yeah. All right, goodbye. <laughs>